Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Ward, Mike, Steve, and Dan. Whoa! There we go. That threw me off. That's why I paused. Is it so hard to go in a fucking circle, guys? Yes. Well, I was was looking at him to see if he was just going to go out of the circle... In order, and... you're no longer in the circle, Dan. Yeah. You're no longer in the yeah. circle. Switching spots just fucks everybody. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, apparently. It happens. Okay, sure. Uh, all right. So this week in hobby, what's everyone been doing? I hobbied finally. Yay! I hobbied quite a bit actually. Uh, I finished up Italos, and I've got um, six Harlequin bikes, mostly done. I just have to do the seat panels on them. Not the riders, though. I have not even started the riders, because they require checkers. That's a whole thing. I'm considering the bikes, like, a done model, and then I also have the riders to do. Which <laughs> like, is another finished model. Yeah, just another yeah, yeah. two finished models on top of that, so. Okay. That's me. Mikey. My turn. What did I do? Um, a lot of aeronautica stuff. Uh, Shocking. I am <laughs> 80% done all of my uh, Imperial. That would be six Thunderbolts two marauders and two destroyers and all the orcs are put together which is nine fighters <clears throat> way to go steve just unplug it we still have a house phone for some awful reason <laughs> <laughs> so the telemarketers know where to find you yeah exactly and what else did you okay all the orc stuff <laughs> professionalism nine fighters two fighter bombers nine and... fighters because six come in a box? Yes. Three yeah, because he bought the starter oh, and the other box. Okay. You're back with this again? You're all right, good. all right. And then I bought a pack of Eliminators, a Executioner, and an Invictor War Suit. I think I have the name right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds And a Phobos <laughs> Librarian, because he looks cool. He does look cool. <laughs> Very nice. And he's wearing a hoodie, because it's a little bit chilly out. Yeah. It is fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's noticeably chilly. It's yeah. very much a thing. It's October. I'm not ready. Normally by this time of year, I've got a whole bunch of models built and primed, ready for the winter haul, but not right now. I need to get on that. Build, build up your stockpile. Yeah. I live in an apartment, dude. It's really not a, it's not <laughs> ideal to spray indoors. Just, just, just spray indoors spray. and then leave. Indoors. I do that I sometimes. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. Yeah, just in the hallways. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. What, what floor do you live on? Second. Yeah, go to the third. It's <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we did it at the mall. Yeah, it really is. Right if you're behind in, McDonald's. You know, if you're in an apartment <laughs> building, though, just go to the stairwell, and it sucks it right up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, no, it does. It's because it's a chimney effect with the air circulation. Oh. Huh. That kind of makes so. sense. And that way they can't really localize the smell to know who to blame. Yeah, exactly. Although, your stairwell, I'm guessing, is less uh, occupied than mine, considering you have an elevator in your building. Yeah. Yeah, whereas we don't. Okay. That's <laughs> a little bit more of a high traffic area. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Ward? Uh, I also worked on some Aeronautica, not as far as Mike in the way of the painting, uh, but I do have all of the starter set plus the additional boxes of Thunderbolts and the Marauder Destroyers that I've picked up. Okay, yeah. I didn't pick up any extra orcs yet, so I'm waiting for the big bomber. Are you doing oh, the orcs yeah. as well? I mean, or are you just cleaning them? Everything is cleaned. 
He's going to sell them every, to me in a year, and they'll be fully cleaned and put together, and it's going to be awesome. Everything is cleaned. Yeah. Every single bomb, whether I'm using it or not, is clean already. That's dedication. Seriously? Seriously. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? I, lots of things, actually. <laughs> lots of things. Um, so I got that all cleaned. I did uh, start the uh, Thunderbolts. Uh, so I got one with the highlights of the seafoam green on the top, uh, and the rest are based on the tops and bottoms, the sand and the seafoam green. And Any switches? Just tops, just bottoms? Just tops and bottoms. That's it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I attended a paint class over the last weekend, which we'll talk about uh, as well down in Calgary, um, which was horrible for driving, awesome for painting. And uh, I think that's kind of about it right now. So. Okay. I was, I was out in Winnipeg, so I didn't have a lot of hobby time out there, so. Totally fair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess for myself, I finished up the starter set for the Orc Planes. And then instead of finishing up more Orc Planes, I decided to start working on my Riot Quest minis. So, as a refresher, it's the Hex-based Privateer Press game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I've got the starter set, which is five minis, and then another... Four? Yeah. Uh, another four. And I got them all assembled and, and primed. And then I just started working, so none of them are finished, but they're at varying stages of almost done, because I just started throwing contrast paints on them here and there, and as one dries on one mini, I grab another one and start working on it, so. That's fair. But those minis are really awesome, and I gotta say, in terms of the quality of the cast, holy fuck, they done good. There was only like two or three of them that I had to take a knife for a file to. Yeah. Like, That's pretty impressive, actually. I bet Ward could find more if he wanted to, though. Yeah, I'm sure Ward could have found more if he wanted to, but I don't have that particular psychological disorder, so... Like, I don't... Don't worry, I've got many of my own, but not that one. <laughs> that one's mine. Yeah, that one's, that one's all you, buddy. Yeah, you own That's it. Solid. You own it, buddy. Um, yeah, so I did that, and then I keep thinking about putting together my uh, Corpus Cabal. Or Corpus Cabal, but other stuff keeps getting in the way. Checks out. Um, for myself, just a little bit of Aeronautica Imperialis stuff where the batch of Imperials got the underbellies are all fully painted, um, and, like appreciated and airbrushed and all that fun stuff. Um, the first two I started doing the top camel on, one of them it's just blocked in and the other one it's had some um, shades and highlights. And the ones that, again, that I mentioned before, I was the, the first batch was the um, first edition like resin ones and the detail... The crevices are like way smaller and thinner, so they're not going to take washes very well. So it's not the most informative experience. Like I was doing it to practice how I'm going to paint the other planes. But because I'm having to like manually shade everything because I can't really use washes, I'm using wildly different techniques. So they're actually turning out to be very poor practice um, for the other ones. But either way, that first batch is uh, like I think I've mostly worked out the kinks for my scheme. The first lightning is almost entirely done. The second one I'll pump out shortly after that. Then do the Thunderbolts and do this the Marauder Destroyer and that sort of a thing. Uh, and then at some point, yeah, I'll go back and do a second pass of slightly higher quality of the new plastics. Nice. But, uh, yeah, messing around with the old ones first because they are very much expendable. So four out of five podcasters were working on cool shit this week. Cool, cool shit cool that necessitates laminated, sneeze-guarded maneuver sheets. Not a- hey, hey, you explicitly were talking about a different mucus. When you were saying why you were happy. That's true, but this is a very PG podcast. Come on. That's why I said different mucus and didn't just say jizz. 
It's true. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> Jizz. Uh, okay, so shut up and take my money. I'm going to jump right into it. Um, there's a couple for me. Games Workshop announced they're finally releasing a separate Blood Bowl rulebook. Really? Yeah, and because they never bought the starter set, I now have a fucking rulebook for that game that I can buy. So there's that. Then there's the Tiny 40K rulebook, which I'm really yep. excited about. Yep. I thought that was out this weekend. I was kind of sad it wasn't. I thought it was, it pre-order. was pre-order. Yeah. This last weekend. Yeah, I went into the store and was like, going to pick that up as well as a couple paints, and it wasn't there yet. So. No. And then the Lizardbin team for Blood Bowl. I'm really curious to see what the fuck they're doing with those chameleon skinks on the roster. Yeah. Like, those could be really cool. In terms of rules? Yeah. And the minis are really fun because their eyes well, are all bulging out. Well, did they have skinks before? Nope. Not, Not Blood, Blood Bowl. Bowl. Oh, I no. think they did. No. No, skinks, Blood Bowl's just had... And a single cross score. Yeah. Skink, source, crack score. Yeah. So now it's a new positional, which is really kind of interesting, because this is the second time they've done a box release that has had a new, a new positionals in them. Because the halfling had the... The hefties and the yeah. catchers. Hmm. So the halflings definitely expanded their list pretty dramatically. And the wood elves didn't have anything new, but they already had enough, whereas the lizards only had the three entries before, and now they're up to four. So I'm really kind of curious if this means their goal is to have at least four different entries for the arm, or the teams as they're releasing them. Because hmm. the halflings had two, they got two, they're at four. Lizards are up to four. Four is now the new minimum sort of thing? For Maybe. Positions. Yeah, that's that kind of cool. interesting. So, I am a little bit <clears throat> disappointed, though, that uh, for the Lizardman team, the Croxagor was the only re-release the old one. They brought back yeah. the old metal one for limited release and it looks it, awful. It looks, <coughs> it looks so bad. It looks really bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so much worse. It'll it'll change. I almost guarantee it that that's not going to last. I'm Well, it, it's not going to last, but... Forge World will have the release. The problem is they're so far behind because they're doing so much shit right now. Yeah. Like, we're still waiting on new Treeman. Like, we have Deep Root, but that's not your generic Treeman. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, we're still waiting on... I guess it's probably the only big guy we're still waiting on. Because we've got the two trolls, we've got the ogre, we've got uh, the minotaur, we've got the beast of Nurgle, we've got, we got the, the rat ogre. Yeah. Okay, so we're just what? Okay. Treeman. I'll, I'll give him a bit of a break. We're just waiting on the Treeman, which is not quite a year old at this point, so I'll give him that. And then if they do uh, a halfling on sheep. Oh, f no, no. Star Players is a whole different bag of worms, because <laughs> that is so far behind. That's true. Uh, I think they've probably released about 10 out of the 50 they've printed at this point. No, way more than that, because it's in 10 per book. Fuck, yeah, a lot. Okay, never mind, moving on. Uh, star players are way fucking ways off. Um, oh, fuck me. I'm probably going to pick up some Roos for Saga. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's like a 15 mil historical something or other? Yeah, so it's either played at 28 or 15 mil. Um, the guys I know that are playing it are playing it at 15, so it makes it look more like a, a bigger war band. Yep. And sense. it's a really fucking cool game. Cool. So, Dan, how about yourself? Um, or is yours Furnace? Yeah, mine was mostly Furnace, Water, Tank, and Roof. So <laughs> cool. that was like... Nice hobbying. Yeah, that was what, like 12 grand in a span of about a week? So, ow. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I don't know, can't really think of anything other than just, like, pining away for some, like, I still haven't picked up all my Aeronautica stuff, but uh, I guess there's a bunch of companies making Aeronautica mats now, um, so, like, Deep Cut, they can always add 
a hex grid to um, any of the maps that they have what available. They sure can, and they released a specific one for. Uh, you're, you're not really several. You're nodding like crazy. Are you getting one too? What one? Are you fucking what kidding you me? It's just a matter of time. Okay, gotcha. And it's uh, and it's probably gonna. I'm guessing at least eight. Probably five. Only five. Okay. Yeah. What size okay. the hex is going to be? Probably two point five. Okay. Or whatever the very specific one, so it like aligns to the edges of the map, and you don't have like leftovers. Yes, yeah. that might be that might be perfect. I was also thinking, if you get, because the GW standard mat is three by three, and if you expand it to four by four and just do like a thirty-three percent increase in the hex size, yeah, you have the same number of hexes, but just more room to maneuver. So that might not be a terrible option as well. Ooh, just, I like that. Just so wings aren't bumping into each other, because like if you're playing with, like really, you know, when the ships get really close together. They're, they're quite a bit bigger than the base. and It doesn't change anything if you're just literally scaling your hex size by 33%. The same number of hexes. Who yeah, it would be the same number of hexes yeah. as a standard That's map cool. and like uh, all that good stuff. The so that might be an option. Yeah, the 4x4 four four is what I want to go with anyway. So Because that's in the book, that's what they deem as the standard template size for a mat, right? So A 4x4 four four is the standard size? Yes. So they provide you a 3x3, three three, though? Correct. What? That's really confusing. Mm-hmm. Are you sure of that? That seems insane. That also seems really fucking big. Read the book. But yes. Really? Yeah, they say 4x4 four four is what the game should be played on. Huh. But it's a hex-based game, so... I really... said a four-foot <laughs> map. I, I totally understand, but like, is there a number of hexes? Yeah. Do they prescribe uh, the number of hexes? Uh, no, they, that that's not specified, so... See, that makes no sense. Anyways. See, it ju- it's just like the scope of the field itself. So that way you're not playing on like a huge one, and like I've got one plane in the corner of a, a four by six that you're never ever gonna touch. Right? Okay, I'm With I'm gonna get up in this one because I genuinely think this is fucked up. First off, because the size of the flight area does not matter is gonna matter a lot when you're talking about uh, as as probably like, the wait. only person actively playing orcs in this group. Yeah, uh, they have to be in effectively range band one. I'm saying the actual physical size doesn't matter. It's the number of hexes. That's all that Correct. matters. Yeah, but... You can play a millimeter hexes if you wanted to on a 10-centimeter by 10-centimeter board. Slightly impractical. Exactly. True. But the question is, is like between the starter set and the Rin's World map that they've provided, the hexes are the same size. Yeah. But the area of engagement's different. Oh, so the Rin's World is actually a different map. Than the starter set. It's yeah. it's got a few more hexes than the uh, the card one that comes in the starter uh, set. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Like not by many, but it's got a few extra rows. Is it four by four? No, no it's three by three. Yeah. They're both three by three. No, one starter like, set one smaller. The starter set one's about the same size as the kill team. Yeah, I'm bang engaged. I'm turbo confused. So the starter set comes with like a, a really small map. Yeah, so just, you can get started. Like a twenty by thirty. Then okay. then you can buy the Rins World one, which is a three by three and it's a cardboard hex map that you like lay out and you can play that way. In the book, it says that you can play on like different sizes of mats, but ideally the game should be played on a four by four. Oh, and I guess with the bases, the hex size they're assuming is just the base size. Yes. Uh, okay, so they want a four by four on that hex base. So on if you it. wanted to scale up the hexes, so the I then think you'd be the Rins, on like a five by five. I think the Rins World map. I think the Rins World map is eighteen by nineteen hexes, and yep. if you math it out, it would be about twenty five by twenty four if you did a four foot. So yeah. it would. It would affect like how quickly it take you can engage, 
um, how dense the the fur balls can get when you're really like having a half dozen planes in a very tight area. Interesting. Um, it would it would affect the gameplay quite a bit because there's uh, the game the standard game length is only twelve turns. And if you get if you fly to the combat area, you you dead. You disengage. Yeah. If yep. you if you leave the board unintentionally, you dead, son. Okay. You can also like when it comes to the very end of the game, like once you're in disengage mode, you can flee off the board edge and surrender partial victory points. Oh, so but if you do it pre Gothic rules. But if you yeah. do it prematurely, that then it's like engagement. If you do it prematurely, it's like going below the hard deck, you know? It's just, per the rules of engagement, you're dead. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, I'm kind of back on board. So I think the real aesthetics for uh, for this thing is a 5x5 five five mat. Just a fuck with you. Larger hexes, but still a 25x25 25 25 row spacing. See, but my issue, I love games that are played in a 3x3. Three three. Because you can play that on way more tables than a 4x4. Four four. And because my and dining Tom's room table play is... Play it all abstract. Just scale it all down. But my, my dining room table is also exactly 6x3. So, like, 3x3 three three and have two of them going at once oh. is actually, like, super practical. That's feasible. <laughs> and I know that's what they think about when they're designing yeah, these games. they call so you up my table. Like, hey, Dan, what's the size of your table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Sorry, we totally got off on a tangent. That, yeah. That's it for you? It's mostly it, because I've been okay. spending many thousands of dollars on boring things to sustain human life. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, so. like out. You don't need a furnace in Canada. What are you talking about? You sound like a belter. <laughs> boring things to sustain human life. It's important, you know? Life support systems matter. Don't yeah. fuck with it or I'll stick you with the airwalk. Exactly. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Uh, I need two more... No, one more uh, war suit and... One more bomber now, and I'm going to play Oryx. That's it. Nice. That's, that's all I'm going to let myself do. Ward? Uh, I ordered some hex bases from Litco. Yep. Uh, For mounting scenery and which, stuff? Which we're going to mount, like, uh, the defensive platforms just on the small hexes to fit inside, like, the larger hexes. So it doesn't really matter what size... So I just got the hex that it'll fit on perfectly, which is an inch and a half. But basically bases for your tokens. Correct. And then uh, a 50 mil version for the bunkers that come in the, the set there as well for the uh, ground assets. Um, and then I'm, I was looking at the mats as well and the mini 40k rulebook. Nice. And not super hobby related, but I also picked up my ticket for LBO to... Sorry, my plane ticket for oh, LBO. Oh, nice. Way to join the party. So I need to do that. So more commitments on that front, so... Do that still. I've, I've also even booked my hotel room already. Well, I might sleep in the street. I haven't decided that yet. So. <laughs> it happens. You know, yeah. honestly... There's a couple of bars that you could just sleep in. Yeah. I don't think they kick you out. They would. You think so? If you passed out? Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll turn some tricks down there and just have a place to stay different every night. Yeah. Nice new warm body every angel. night. Yeah. Angel will be my mentor. <laughs> I seriously doubt she's still working there. Yeah, I would hope not. It's been like four or five years now. I hope, I hope she has moved on. Greener pastures. There have been... That was two LVOs for me in between, like, a go, and there's been two LVOs that I haven't been to since that happened. Oh, okay. yeah. So this is a long time ago. Fair. I, yeah. I'm really hoping Angel's moved on to Greener Pastures. Yeah, I'm sure she has. Uh, for myself, since it's been two weeks since we podcasted, there have been two Eldar sneak peeks that have got me very excited. Janezar and Drazar are both coming up, and they are both look fucking awesome. I'm very excited. Drazar looks pretty... Drazar's got hands! Drazar looks good. I kind of miss shrimp. 
I do like yeah, the, the weird, the weird shrimp claws. Yeah. The weird stabby claws. I do like that model. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. I have him kicking around right there. He's he's one of my favorites. But the new one, just, he looks menacing. And uh, his base that he's standing on is pretty fucking sweet. Big fan of that aesthetic. Uh, also, the fact that they just were like, he sucks because he's really bad in the game. So giving him just straight up two damage and uh, with his ability to fight twice in the combat phase with six attacks each time he fights doing two damage each that's pretty fucking cool pretty cool yeah it definitely makes me curious to see if it's just these two yeah that we're seeing in this release or if there's maybe a few more well they've been doing they've been teasing this now for a month right they started with the incubi or the howling banshee yeah one or the other and then uh now these two so they've been already talking about psychic awakening for four weeks i guess we got the new howling banshees the new plastic incubi the uh james are and draz are yep so, yeah, so it's going to be, I can see them doing a, I have a feeling it's going to be like a Shadow Spear style box, where you pick that up, you get uh, Incubi, the thing that's kind of weird about that is there's actually not a lot of units, if it's just the two characters and then a unit of each, that's a weird box set. But there could also potentially be other fun things, yep. like there's that new Eldar vehicle that doesn't quite look like a Tantalus or a Raider in the that's background. That's what I was touching on. Yeah. So there could be new vehicles or whatever else in that box as well. Yeah, if they did a new Raider style thing or something for the Dark Eldar, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, and I mean, that's what they did with like Shadow Spear, right? They had brand new Marine units across the board. Uh, brand new uh, Chaos units. Not everything was brand new. I guess they had Resculpts, the Blitz, but they gave them brand new rules. No, no, uh, no. That box was entirely brand new for Chaos. Every single um, unit? Because they had the I two... So. Well, for model, <clears throat> Venom Crawler... Model, sorry, model-wise. Yeah. Venom Crawler and the... Yeah, but there were... Yeah, model-wise was entirely brand new, and I think everything other than the Blitz had new rules, right? Uh, and the basic Chaos Marines. Or were, they all, were those new Chaos Marines? Yeah. No, that box was brand uh, new models well, that's for right, everything. That had, that had the Reaper cha- uh, cannons in that thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was their, hey, we're not going to give you Primaris, but we're going to give you models that are updated. Sure. And not... Which is funny, because now they're a little bit bigger than Space Marines, but not as big as Primaris. No. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm interested to see what they do with that box set, because if it's like a unit of Cabalite Warriors thrown in and a unit of Guardians, I'll be a little bit sad, because I don't really want either of those, but I'll, I'll still buy it. Because <laughs> you can never have too many. Well, I, re- I really want that new Jane's R. The Jane's R looks fucking cool. I've liked, I've liked Phoenix Lords since like the beginning of my hobbying in 40k. Like I've always thought they're really cool. Uh, and ha- finally getting updated ones, because Jane's R is one of the worst. The majority of those old models were very, like, I'm going to, like, go rise up on my metal tippy toes so that I'll snap off my base really easily and never be oh, fixable. Yeah. Like, Azerman was, like, the only one that had, like, both feet on the ground other than, like, uh, Tweegan and stuff, I guess. Tweegan and Karandras, but you're thinking of Baharoth and Jane's R. They yeah, were they were bad. awful for breaking. Yeah. But that that's what I'm, like, and Mogan Ra was on, the, on that, too. But, like, all of those models were generally... Uh, pretty good except for Jane's art. Like I, I like Fuegan was cool, Logan Ra is cool, Azrin's cool, Bahara. Well they're just good when sculpts from the late nineties. They're gonna yeah. be pretty good. But Jane's R is just the weird one that has like bizarro face and Yeah, anyways. So yeah. I'm glad they're redoing her. And the turbo hair. Yeah, turbo hair. She's still got turbo hair. Yeah the hair has not gone away. She's pirouetting on her hair. But like <clears throat> like if you got a mold slip on the old hair, it's just like, well, I'm throwing that model in the garbage rather than trying to fix it. Oh yeah, you can't, oh, yeah. especially if it was pewter. It was just not a, not a possibility. Yeah. Like without like a surgical Dremel, <laughs> <laughs> which would be kind of extreme. That could yeah, be cool. Exactly. Actually, that's me. I'm very excited. I want Psychic Awakening now. 
Can't wait. Oh, and chapter approved. I'll also be picking that up. Yeah. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I guess let's transition into the first period. Uh, Games Workshop dropped a new FAQ. Yeah, lots to talk about there. Uh, okay, so moving on to period number two. Uh, Ward. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, it was really funny that the FAQ... Had nothing? Had Well, yeah. And they even went out of their way in the post about the FAQ to call out how they could have done things, and then they didn't, because it's coming out this month in Chapter Proof. Well, they didn't really... That's kind of fair. They didn't have to do anything like the Rule of Three. Like, the game's actually in a pretty good uh, state right now. So they didn't have to do anything drastic. Um, I, I don't know if you did see the, the Tau uh, FAQ. Did anybody see the Tau drones? No. no. So if you do mortal wounds on an attack, like let's say you're Gilliman and you roll six to wound against a Riptide and there's a drone standing beside it, you normally do an extra D3 mortal wounds. If they transfer that first hit to the drone, mortal wounds go away. They just really? made drones even better, and drones are one of the most frustrating things in the game. So I'm a little Whoa. bit miffed about that. So any additional mortal wounds go away. So Raven Guard, uh, with their, which we'll talk about later, their uh, their so, whole sniper thing, if wow. they transfer the shot to a drone, that's terrible. Yep. I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah. Because like, why would half the bullet hit the drone and half the bullet hit the original target? But you should still do the mortal wounds to the drone. Like if you do, yeah. A, a, yeah, uh, like the drone wounds, should just be super it, total. That unit should take two mortal wounds because you roll the two to uh, hit the initial one, and then if it wounds that, mortal wound should carry over. But they just now have it going away. So that was pretty. Because mortal wounds, normally the whole thing is that they're not wasted the way yeah. like normal multi damage attacks can yeah. be wasted. That's. And Tau were struggling. Bizarre. I don't know. The, the list that won Nova was three Riptides, basically a million shield drones, and Pathfinders. So that list got a little bit better. Which is kind of what I, I played. Uh, a version of that at LVO this year, and it was just like I cannot kill Riptide, <laughs> especially with the list that you had. Like it was just like oh, just grabbing God. drones with your knights, just slowly well, killing drones. Not even like the armagers were like in the backfield, just yeah. trying to shoot and do some sort of damage, and nothing. Everything like, got sloughed off, and it was three drones horrible. maybe if you're lucky. It was it was bad. You know, I'm gonna take this as a Games Workshop finally realized they need to buff up Xenos. Maybe the one thing that's kind of weird. about about it is like tower doing good they just won nova yeah it tower, just means, really good it just means that my necrons are gonna get even better and my orcs are gonna get even better although okay. orcs don't need it orcs don't need it get out orcs of here. don't need it get the fuck out they're of here. gonna get it your green tide bullshit on 30 orcs is not okay i hate that strat it's only once per game it's so good it's devastatingly good it's so fucking good <laughs> um the other thing that they also like on the same on the flip side of things that were bullshit that they have now de-bullshitified uh, Kronos cannot be put in a Whirlwind Relic Scorpius, which is really cool, because with the new strat, you could fire Whirlwinds an additional time. So the Relic Scorpius was, uh, effectively, like, 93 shots, because it's 3d3 shots each time it fires, and its base ability is it can fire twice with stationary, and then your strat gets in another shot that it could do. Uh, so it could fire... Uh, 9d3, strength 6, AP minus 3, 2 damage shots that ignored line of sight, hitting on 2s with Kronos. Twice? Uh, no, it could do, that was the full 3 times it shot. Okay. 3d3 times 3. Gross. It was disgusting. They were like, they took away the whirlwind keyword from the, <laughs> like, uh, uh, Kronos, or whatever that yeah, whirlwind Yeah, because the Scorpius, Scorpius was shooting much heavier duty, like, anti-armor missiles, not yeah. like whirlwind style, like, shrapnel missiles. Yeah. It's so, yeah, crazy. It, 
Yeah. <laughs> that I, stratagem was not intended for the Scorpius. Yeah. So I do I love it when they inadvertently make these weapons that are supposed to be like really good in anti-infantry or really good anti-tank and just fuck it up and it becomes the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Like the perfect Primaris killer. Like on average you're getting 18 strength 6 shots doing AP minus 3, 2 damage. Just like, oh there's 10 Primaris Marines, dead. <laughs> like no questions asked, dead. Um, yeah, so they got rid of that. So it's like it's kind of interesting. But that's they, also Forge World and regular Space Marine yeah. shenanigans interacting. So like you kind of can't really blame them for having a little bit of a loophole there because it's with with a Forge World rule. There's what like three hundred units in the game. Like yeah. what are you gonna do? You're gonna miss a few once in a while. Yep. It's fine. But it's good to see that they like de bullshitified part of it. And the fact that and they're then totally it... bullshitified the town. <laughs> but pink the fact that they're paying attention to some of the like supplemental Forge World stuff is actually kind of surprising in a good way. Yeah. And not just, like, these things got jettisoned out there in the first month of 40k and will never be updated again, because that would inevitably cause more and more problems over time. Yep. Anywho, that's basically the fact. There wasn't much else beyond that. Yeah. Just uh, buy chapter approved and you'll be fine? Yep. For your half-price Necrons. Uh, I just <laughs> don't get that excited. I don't think <clears> they're <throat> getting half-price. Oh, yeah. They're on the cusp of being good, but they don't... Half-price would be absurd. They've got four units that are great and the rest are garbage. They... The, sure. the garbage units need to go down at probably, like, at least a third. I'll give you 25%. If your Thank army you. if your army goes from, like, 2,000 to 2,500, you'll be fine. But that's if you're not taking the good stuff. I can see almost all of it going down, aside from maybe night sides. Night sides should fucking go down. Night sides aren't those... Or doom, doom sides. I can see doom sides not going down. So honestly, the they already only, went down. The only things that should not go down are Doom Scythes. Yep. Doomsday Arcs. No, I think they might actually deserve to go down. Really? Yep. Yep, they're still expensive for a variable number of shots. Okay. I'll take that, but I'm okay if they don't. Yep. Uh, Immortals of Tesla do not need to go down. I'll, I'll give you that. The Immortal chassis should go down. The gun should not. They should... Immortal... You know what? I would like that. A cheaper chassis so then all of a sudden gauze is like a point or two less. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But Tesla Immortals specifically no, they're are fine good. at 15 points. I'll give, I will agree all day on that. Uh, destroyers are perfectly fucking fine at 50. Yeah. And... Tomb Blades? Yeah, Tomb Blades are good. Tomb yeah. Blades don't need to go down. In fact, Tomb Blades might be the one that should go up. Can they just get a better model, please? I don't hate them that much. They're all right. They're, I'm, they're growing on me. Again, I like things that look like shrimp because I like shrimp. So That's a weird statement. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you not like shrimp? Yeah, but they're not, no, 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 they're no, not no, a no, cool no, looking no buts, animal. No buts. <laughs> they're a weird sea bug. Just think of those like fucked up punching shrimp. Okay. The ones that sure. shoots little like plasma blasts. Due to having, like, claws so fast that they create plasma underwater. Shrimp are actually pretty cool. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. That was that weird hunter shrimp thing. That, yeah. That, like, shoots holes through fish. Because, like, it doesn't actually, like, karate chop them. It just hits them with, like, this tiny little, like, plasma edge that's, like, a fraction ahead of where the claw is. Shrimp are crazy. Yeah. Shrimp are fucking they sweet. fucking have plasma blades. All right, we should talk about something else. This is getting very weird. <laughs> okay, let's, let's let Ward talk about some painting for a while. Because yeah. that way... Then well, I'm not going to be making. But I was weird. finally getting excited about 40k, talking about <laughs> plasma shrimp. So tyrannids. sure. Yeah. Just don't overcharge them. True, that'd be dangerous. So Ward, what did you do this weekend? 
so this weekend I went uh, down to Calgary where it was very, very snowy. I was upset that they did not have a Chinook going on at the time that I was down there. So I went down to attend a painting course uh, by the owner of uh, Land Studios, uh, Michael... Uh, I know, is he Polish? He is Polish. That's a problem. Can you not say the last name? Just say Michael. Uh, they take all the vowels and replace Michael them Michael the Polish. Pisarski? Sure, yeah. Pisarski sounds about right. Pisarski. So... Yeah, I just... I know better than to try and pronounce Polish last names. It's not <laughs> happening. Fabian? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Sorry. Exactly, so... Just call him Scourge. Yeah. So better. he's... Uh, he's doing a uh, three-tour uh, stop um, this uh, September, October. Uh, so he's in Winnipeg um, the weekend before. He was in Calgary this last weekend, and then he... You should have gone to his thing twice, because you were in Winnipeg. I was in Winnipeg. I was actually tempted to stop by, but things were busy. Yes. So, so he's in Vancouver next weekend? He's in Vancouver next weekend. So nice. It's a busy tur- uh, tour. Quite uh, quite steady. So And he's um, he's doing three different busts, uh, one for each stop. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Because so, he paints like the larger sure, yeah. uh, busts for box art and collectors and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. So they did a um, kind of witchblade vampire, uh, female vampire, out in Winnipeg. Uh, We got to do kind of like a sci-fi, her name's Nancy from uh, Nico Galaxy. Kind of looks like Natalie Dormer. Just the Uh, fact that she has a smirk. A little bit, yeah. Just instantly makes you think of Natalie Dormer. Um, And then uh, the following weekend they are going to be doing... um, what was the other one? I know that they had. Uh, <laughs> it can be a surprise for the next. It people. was. It was another. It was another vampire esque uh, model um, out there as well. So, uh, so they're going to be doing uh, different ones on each stop, and then he kind of was catering uh, each tour, each class towards like what the majority of the people wanted to like learn. So a lot, a lot of people in our class wanted to do more of the non-metallic style that he does, which he's really known for. Uh, so we got the more sci-fi looking bust, um, so we could play with more metal effects where the other two are more, uh, flesh, uh, tones, uh, that they can work on, so. Cool. So he's doing that, so, so two days, uh, the Saturday when we got down there, uh, we did, we focused on the face, and then we did the non-metal metallics on the Sunday, uh, so that we left the head, uh, unattached to the body. Um, cause most of his uh, skin tones are done via airbrush, uh, techniques. Um, and then some brushwork thrown in there in the end, um, for, uh, all the little details. I, I picked up a few, uh, tips like, uh, doing lips. There's a few ac- different techniques actually. Interesting. Well, I'd like to talk about that. We can talk about that later for sure. Um, and then, um, I spent, uh, quite a bit of time on the eyes. Yeah. Uh, for mine, so uh, he gave me some different ideas to, to use for some ideas. Ideas. Okay, for give the me this eyes. model now. I didn't know that you spent that time on those <clears> eyes. So, so let's see. These eyes. We, we, we sang about it. I know we did, but after I give it back. Um. But yeah. So I mean, like skin tones, lot lots of air airbrushing. Uh, used a lot more yeah, orange. Yeah, you're talking about. Um. Than I had originally t- uh, anticipated. So, uh, some of the glazes and washes, uh, were like an orange. That's uh, interesting to me. The orange mixture? Yeah, the fact that there's a lot of orange. There's like an orange-green mixture, actually. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So there are some like green tones like underneath, like in the jawlines, like uh, um, the class that we attended with 
Oh, I can't even think. Oh, oh, Hanzo. Um, yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> so there. Are, it's it's not just like a fleshy color, and we actually didn't use like any flesh at all. So the skin's kind of a combination of like red cream and a uh, orange. So really, yeah. Orange and green are usually two of my most hated uh, colors together. I always find that stuff just looks gross. You might want to attend a class and just kind of get some different ideas and thoughts. And when they get blended together, you basically get various shades of brown tones, right? Like Yeah, which is why I always find them just bleh. So but if it was like just pure stark green and orange next to each other, that would be a little much. But yeah. the whole point is that they're softly blended together, right? Yeah, and the air, airbrush will do a lot of that for you, which is, sure. which is awesome, right? So and then glazes will kind of blended a little bit more together okay. so i i feel like i didn't use enough orange in mine so like there's a few um faces in the class that came out a little bit more peachy looking which i i liked a little bit better than mine um i i do enjoy enjoy um the look uh that i was able to achieve yeah look you the look she has the look when you mentioned the eyes now She's they're actually those yeah there's they look quite um realistic i guess is the best way to put it not, they don't look like typical miniature eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with a larger scale, like you can't do that with like a infinity model or anything like that. So. Oh, for sure, but like, just like oh my God. when I was doing that bus, one of the hardest things was I, doing the eyes. I actually want to look at him later tonight. Sure. Kind of okay. like <laughs> compare we notes. Talk, we can talk. We can talk later. So. For those in Radio um, Land, which ones we're talking about is that Prince Rurik one that it's been on our Instagram. Yes. In the past. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of his uh, style, he really plays with like light direction, light sources. So when we painted the face, and the reason that we did the face on the Saturday um, and spent most of our time on that was we wanted to kind of like achieve like where the light was coming from. So that way we could kind of do the reflections in the suit, uh, the non-metal metallics like that. Yeah, so it makes can, sense because you need that directionality so for sure. you kind of see where that's going to. And yeah. you kind of have to trick the eye with the non-metal metallics. So sometimes you have to uh, introduce a secondary like light source so it might not look directly oh yeah uh natural like if you're just like looking at the model you're like oh that's why is there like two bright spots right so like so the model doesn't look like ass from anything but one direction correct so but most of the <laughs> one direction most of the stuff that he paints he also like like i said was for box art so he's only wanting you to look at it from one side yeah so that's an interesting kind of, distinction he like can kind of get away with that with the box art yeah totally that's one so, of the things that I always sort of stress to people. Like, if you're thinking about non-metallic metal on a army scale, don't do that. <laughs> it's not a good plan. But if you're yeah. doing if you're doing box art or plinths or um, anything or, or certain things that yeah, like if you're framing it and really guiding the person to look at it from a specific direction, especially when it's a square plinth. And that's what I always used to love about the Warhammer Fantasy models. I always figured they were by far the better, and I've said it many times before. They were in my mind, they were the better choice. For playing with non-metallic metals, because the square base or their movement trains would force you to look at it from like one of four different angles and like not on a weird side angle, like yep. forty-five degrees or anything like that. Yeah, totally. So yeah. the square base kind of like gets your mind in the right place to look at it from head-on for that intended well, angle. Busts are also like that too, because there's very clearly like you can't really look at her from like necessarily the back. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's just less going on there. Like the model's very well framed. And in all honesty. One of my biggest pet peeves nowadays when it comes to painting is people looking at models from angles that don't fucking matter. <laughs> That's a very uh, obscure pet peeve. No, but like <laughs> but like looking like at a model from like under underneath looking between its legs to see oh did he paint the little rivets on like the inside of the crotch or whatever it's like 
it's a nitpicky thing that I know judges do sometimes when there's literally very almost nothing separating the quality of miniatures. Yeah, but at the same time, you can also be like, but, did you sh- put the appropriate shadow down there? Do you know what I mean? Like, you can is, you can make that look painted so, still. Yeah, I mean, like, things of that nature, too. Like, uh, a good example is like, okay, you are you painted up um, a Space Marine bike that's riding through the desert and got, like, a dust cloud behind it, but the bike is, like, super clean. Like, the aesthetic yeah, doesn't match the environment, right? So you, yeah, yeah. you have to but it's just, I don't know. use that sometimes. I just... Every time, I feel like almost every fucking time I hand a mini to someone, the first thing they do is turn it upside down. I'm going to do it really? for you all the time now. Yeah, yeah. now that I, I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah. It's it's like they're filming a scene for Justice League, and they're just going straight for upskirt shots at all times. So oh I, hate, I hate that movie, by the way. You may have guessed by my tone of voice. <laughs> okay, so Ward, I have a question for you. Okay. You have now gone to several painting classes. Yes. Uh, I've gone with you to the Sergio and Alfonso ones. Yeah. How much will you pay me to watch me paint? What are you painting? Whatever you're paying for, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need the money, man. I just dropped like twelve grand. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna run a class of just how to clean models, actually. So that's I would go to that. Just take forever. <laughs> I was gonna say right now, there's probably you're probably the world class expert in that. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to that because I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I actually, um, so I was helping assemble a bunch of the the figures for on the Friday night yeah. when I got down there. And so I spent extra time on one, and I I got to write my name on the the uh, the model. So that did you assemble one? one? <laughs> no, no, I assembled a, a couple, but I spent a lot of time on one. Yeah, okay, so, for yourself. Yeah, so I got to, <laughs> I got to work on that one. So. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> how would you like? Did you, what were you, what did you notice that was like the big differences between how uh, Michael taught versus Sergio or Afonso? Uh, well, all three all three of them uh, are not native uh english speakers so there's a little bit of like language barrier with with each of them um michael actually was was pretty pretty good uh he only had stumbled on a on a few words i found sergio a little bit more uh difficult to understand during the class um but like in terms of the content not necessarily their accent okay so (laughs) <laughs> Digging a little deeper. <laughs> so one was from Poland, yeah. two were from Spain. Now, which yeah. one of them was more sexually attractive? Like, that's where we're really getting. Sergio, at. easy. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, He's a pretty boy. I mean, each, of them had, each of them had different um, different content. I think I think the biggest eye opener. Uh, Banshee talked a lot about color theory, which uh, didn't really consider before. It was just like. Hey, these two colors good, good, good together. But there was no like background of like why they fit so good together or where to kind of like block a lot of the stuff. So I found that he was really good for that. Um, and then uh, each of the other instructors had like um, one or two different techniques that you're just like, oh, you know what? Like I never looked at it that way or used something on that. Um, like li- the lip for an example, right? Like how do you get a little bit more like texture and depth on just a bottom lip. Yeah, I so. think. Do you want, are you comfortable like telling us what the fuck you're talking about? So, so <laughs> the the lip the lip itself, um, uh, you'll kind of like do like uh, he wanted like brighter, brighter uh, for a specific reason. So, because I had a kind of a fairly natural kind of like look, so he was like, no, more red, more red, more red. And then he has, if you look at like a a picture of like a model. A lot of the times you'll see like the dried or the the kind of the waviness of the gloss on the lips. So it's just a matter of like 
picking out like a kind of like a creamy uh, rose color to kind of make those like little marks to to have like a little bit of texture on the lip itself. And it's oh, okay. it's it basically almost like painting the lip as like a non-metallic red. Yes. And I think that's kind of the one of the big tricks. A lot of people just like put on just like a, like one or two layers of paint because it's so small that you can maybe think you can get away with just one or two layers, but if you're basically replicating that really high gloss look, it's a very similar theory to what you're doing with the with the armor. Yeah. Oh, and then you could make them look really wet, like they just lick their lips. <laughs> yes, you I could. suppose you could. So the so, glossier, the better. So just like little little nuances on that. Like I I haven't disturbing. I haven't mastered his technique for like non-metal metallics for sure. Right? Well, it's like been that's like a day. Be, yeah, it might and, take a little practice. And I, and I had to clarify with him too. I'm like, okay, how long have you been painting? Like, please don't tell me like two years. And this is the quality of work that you're pumping out right now because that would be. No, it's forever. So, yeah, he's been painting since he's been 12. And yeah, yeah. So he's got hours and hours of, of this technique under his belt. So, yeah, if you're going to the class, absolutely do the things the way that he's doing it. Um, that was, a, like, a good point that you brought up because there was one of the classes where I was really hesitant to, ch to change my style to fit with what the class was being taught. But I kind of let go uh, more so in this class. Okay, question. And, yeah. Do you feel like you learn more? By letting go? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it you might not unlearn be... What you, you must unlearn what you I was going to go with Frozen, but I'm okay with that. Um, Sergio's class was really good for that, too. Uh, I mean, I, I was more hesitant to let go. Um, and then you're just like, you know what? It's not, it's not looking the way that I imagine, uh, so on and so forth. But then the last day for, with Sergio, you're just like, oh, okay, here it all come, kind of comes together. Because so. yeah. that's kind of one thing that we joke about a lot with our own models and techniques is a lot of the stuff that we do looks like ass until the last like one or two steps mm -hmm. and if you're doing somebody else's technique maybe the first four or five steps you're fighting it you're not quite sure where it's going to go but it all comes together in the end yeah and, like, you have to embrace it more yeah so. you just you gotta believe and i think with uh michael's class i i wasn't i wasn't seeing that super drastic like i could see where it was going yeah slowly uh on a more regular basis but um, and then like, it's just like, okay, next step. Oh, okay. Next step. And I'm just like, oh, we're, we're going more. Okay. I thought this was, this was the, the finished kind of version that we had. So, but he kept on like pushing it and he didn't yell at everybody more contrast, more contrast or anything like that. So do you have any catchphrases? <clears throat> no, no catchphrases. What? No catchphrases. Not even one? No, no cappy bases no, or nothing? No technique that. Cappy bases. <laughs> um, no, it was just. For for him, the biggest thing is light sourcing. Yeah, that is where is where is the light coming from? That really like and high gloss it. effect, whether it's non-metallic or a little bit more dynamic lighting off the skin or whatever. Like that is very much mm -hmm. his defining style, in my opinion, is the the more high gloss light sourcing. And like the pi the pictures and everything like that, they look super smooth and super like sheen and everything like that. You hold one of the models up close, and it's just lots of like really fine like feather like lines. So, hmm. That's interesting. It's very, very interesting to see. But the end result, like, your eyes just drink it in, and it is fantastic-looking stuff. I'm super glad that I went. Cool. So nice. Dallas is going to be, I'm sure, organizing another uh, one for next year. This seems to kind of be the time of year that he can get most of, the, most of the guys together sort of thing. So he fits it in between different events going on and such. Yeah, right? not during so, con season, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to do with so many events between like Alberta and BC right now and such, but uh, I mean we had the class pretty much 
filled. We were we were short one spot um, at the start of class, and then unfortunately somebody else had to to drop like last minute. Um, but no, it was fantastic. So I uh, highly recommend join the AMSA paving group. Like uh, information will be posted there all the time. Um, he's talking about doing another weekend get together too uh, in the spring. Nice. So we'll get some information too. I'm sure about that. So and that'll be kind of. More, his plan, I think, is more structured. So they're going to have somebody there that's really familiar with a specific technique, maybe show some of the other painters that are that are learning, kind of just share everybody's general knowledge and, and go with there. So cool. And that's where I volunteered my cleaning expertise class. So <laughs> Very exciting, yeah. very exciting. Tom's going to be the first to sign up. So Actually, probably Steve should be. So It's true. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know how to clean models. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Nobody so notices. Good. They look so good. Uh, there's two people at this table. <laughs> yeah, I judge silently or sometimes not so silently, depending <laughs> on my mood. So more often than not, is it a good mood or a bad mood where you judge not silently? No, either way. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Um, all right. So that's cool. I'm happy to hear it was a good time. I'm sad I had to miss it, but... Fucking... It's frankly the one that I probably should have gone to. I'm more interested in this sort of stuff. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. With the sci-fi. I had yeah. an excuse. I had a class that weekend. And I, and I asked him if, if he... Because he also collects uh, Infinity. So I asked him if he uses like these techniques on Infinity. And he's like, oh, not, as, not as detailed for sure. Because of the so. scale difference? Yeah. 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 So, harder to pull off. So Cool. cool. Alright. Rock on. Um... Okay, Steve, let's talk about some boogeyman. Yeah, so Marines. Marines are a thing. Uh, Holy fuck! Yeah, they're kind of changing the way the meta for 40k is going to play out, I think, for the next little while. So we now have four of the six supplements that are coming right away. So we've got White Scars, Ultramarines, Iron Hands, Raven Guard, and Salamanders, and Imperial Fists are on their way. So the thing that's interesting about this is I think this is the new generation of codex. I'm not sure if they're going to be going back through all the other codexes because these are on a very different level, like power-wise. Like, it's very clear that this is a different iteration, which is very interesting. Like, even in the way the stratagems play out, when this is common to all of the marine books, like, you have, you can give anybody a warlord trait for a stratagem point. Like, stuff like that. Like, you can give anybody a relic for a single point instead of the old, like, you get one Warlord trait, and you can give one Relic for one CP and two for three. Right? Now it's just like, give everybody Relics that need them. Um, sergeants can take Relics or Special Issue War Gear. Um, and it makes certain units that would require a shitload of character babysitting to be viable. Mm -hmm. It gives you another avenue to like boost them up and give them a benefit without having to take multiple other characters yeah. to do it. Yeah, it's and really that's kind interesting. of interesting. There's a lot of flexibility. Like, the main Marine book... Even without the Ultramarines or White Scar supplements, you can make... Like, there's 70 units, I think, in that book. Uh, or somewhere around there. You can make a case for probably 50 of them being playable. Um, or being able to build a list, which is really interesting. Uh, again, you need to know, like, your synergies and, like, what you want to do with the list. And it does force you to kind of double down on certain things, just the way stratagems work. But if you wanted to go Terminators, you can make that work. If you wanted to go Assault Marines, you could maybe even make that work. Which is... Kind of weird. What about land speeders? <laughs> land speeders, they actually a point to be uh, fucking iron hands. Land speeders, man. Yeah, if they actually want to be able to move and still shoot anything, take iron hands. Exactly. 
Like that's the thing. There are certain um, certain chapters that definitely lend themselves more. Now with the supplements, you can kind of hyper specialize. So with Iron Hands right now, the current, I think Iron Hands is kind of the obvious boogeyman. Like it's just good. You just take heavy weapons on tough platforms and you're gonna do well. The heavy weapons are better. The tough platforms are tougher. Yeah. So the, for those okay. that don't know, the heavy weapons are you now have doctrines. So all marine, all pure marine armies, as long as you don't soup up with uh, other imperial factions or assassins or assassins. Yeah, I don't yeah. have, uh, no soup for me. Exactly. Yeah. So if you no soup for you. <laughs> if you do just awesome. that, you get access to doctrines, and this also allows you still to mix with um, like other space ring chapters. So you could have white scars and iron hands, and you would get the generic. Oh, doctrines. I didn't realize that. I thought it all had to be one chapter. No, you get the super doctrines if you're all one chapter. So if you're if you're yeah, it's the a little, not so soup. Yeah, it's kind of a weird mix. So if you're if you're doing white scars and iron hands, you get devastator doctrines, tactical doctrines, and assault doctrines. And what those do are devastator gives you heavy weapons, uh, additional AP. Tactical gives you rapid fire and assault weapons, additional AP, and assault gives you pistols and melee weapons, additional AP. You start in uh, Devastator, and you can change it at the beginning of all of your next turn. Oh, I think Devastator also applies to grenades for some reason. Grenades, you're totally right. It does apply to grenades as well, uh, 100%, because melt the bombs. Um, so you start with minus one AP, which is cool. It's kind of a neat benefit, like makes stalker bolt rifles in every army kind of scary at AP minus three. Even uh, makes heavy bolters decent at yeah. minus two. AP minus two, heavy flamers, AP minus two. Like, it's not not bad by any stretch. The thing that changes with the supplements is if you are pure iron hands, you get a bonus dependent on your doctrine, it seems like. Or, not necessarily, but with iron hands, is uh, you get heavy weapons, uh, ignore the penalty for moving and firing, and reroll ones to hit, just natively. So as soon as you start taking things like Repulsor Executioners or that just get inbuilt reroll ones, you don't need captains standing around near them. You like take Dreadnought Spam. Dreadnought Spam, stuff like that. Like uh, Storm Talons. Storm Talons and Iron Hands. Oh, Land Speeders. Land Speeders and Iron Hands are good, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff there. I think they're the obvious one that just will stand out as I take three Repulsor Executioners, three Storm Talons, and a couple Thunderfires, and we're good. Like I'm going to shoot everything off the table. But I think the other chapters are actually more interesting and have more play. Like, I, I do think the Iron Hands are susceptible to somebody that skews towards that heavy um, mech-style list. Like, at the end of the day, Repulsor's not unkillable. Um, but what's interesting is chapters like the Raven Guard um, or White Scars. They're super fascinating. Like, the Raven Guard have crazy redeploy abilities. So that's fun. Like, one CP to take any infantry unit and just have it show up with Deep Strike. Right? You just you can put anything you want in Deep Strike. Which is kind of neat. It's something that the Eldar typically are able to do with webway portals. So you have Marines that play a little bit more like Eldar. A lot of Mortal Wound spam. A lot of redeploy uh, shenanigans. Smash Captains that ignore Overwatch. Sort of like a Banshee Autark used to. Like, it's really kind of a weird... Um, I guess, build for a marine list. Kind of neat. Uh, and then White Scars are just your Harlequins. They can advance and charge. Yeah. And they do that well. They do that well. And they have a bunch of um, relics. They give them pluses to their charge. Don't they also get, in an Assault Doctrine, don't they get plus one damage on the charge? I believe so. Yeah. So, like, that makes their 
units a little bit more punchy. That's for sure. Between, yeah, the, that's that's between shock troopers and a, the assault right. doctrine. Yeah, there, there, that's their super doctrine. Like their regular chapter benefit is assault and charge. Yeah, uh, or sorry, advance and charge. But you're right. If you're pure white scars, you get one extra damage on the charge, which I'm not really sure you totally need with like Thunderhammer Terminators or Centurions. Like that's pretty fucking wild. Four damage Thunderhammers. Well, but you know, honestly though, it's one of those things where it takes them to eleven. But charging Primaris. Oh, yeah. Or just getting work done. Especially against those uh, those if, uh, Plague Bearer Hordes. Yeah, if you have yeah. a if you have a 10-man squad of Primaris throwing out like 50 attacks at damage 2, yeah, oh, yeah. that's actually huge against some builds. Yeah. And that's no, just 10 sure. fucking Intercessors. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more. Like, I think all of these units are... One of the ones that I'm actually kind of tempted to, like, start theory hammering around is 10 Sniper Scouts... Three units of three eliminators, and then a bunch of uh, jump pack uh, veteran squads as Raven Guard. Like that's a crazy flexible list. Maybe Terminator uh, Thunderhammer dudes, um, and just see what happens. Like all infantry. It's a really fascinating army. So yeah. Anyways, Marines are a thing, and I don't know if any other army really is on the same level right now. Well, it, it kind of feels... Looking at it and looking through the codexes that I've played with, it definitely feels like when 8th edition first came out, there was one layer of rules. And then about six to eight months ago, <clears throat> there was like a second layer of rules that were added on top of it. Which for a lot sick. of the codexes coming out. So like, the the first Chaos, the first um, Imperial books, had pretty basic chapter traits. Sure, yeah, Or yeah, Legion yeah, traits, right? Like yeah. they're... Their list of stratagems were not quite as janky. Yep. Like, the, everything started getting ramped up once they got about six or seven books in. I'd say... And once Vigilus happened. Specifically with Orcs. Orcs and Geniuses are cult. Yeah. It was where things got a little wild. Yeah, it's where we really started ramping up. with yeah. like, holy shit, we can do that. And then the new Space Spring books feels like they added about four new layers to that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that 1,000%. Uh, like, with Vigilus stuff, where you could give one other character a Warlord trait. But now it's just like, every character has a Warlord trait if I want it is pretty fucking crazy. Because, like, a game with the Raven Guard, you're like, man, I'd really like to have a Smash Captain that ignores Overwatch. I like that Warlord trait. But I also want the one that allows me to just take a unit and put it into reserves. Like, redeploy a single... Or, sorry, not even a uh, single unit into reserves. You can take him, the Master of Ambush, him and another infantry squad, and just put it nine inches away from an enemy model at the beginning of the t- game. Yeah. That's crazy, being able to take that with a Smash Captain... And, like, another captain, and just being able to put a smash captain nine inches away from something that needs to die, or... Because normally you can't do that shit on turn one, right? You can, you can, uh, yeah, you can, well, all marines have the ability to, to, not all marines, all Phobos marines and scouts can deploy turn one nine inches away from the enemy. Which, with sniper scouts, or a lot of the Phobos stuff, doesn't really matter, but being able to, like, just put a unit of, like, you know, veteran uh, assault marines just nine inches away from something turn one and you get to do that after you know if you're going first or second and after the seats so you can just set up savage alpha strikes like it's really interesting uh how flexible and you don't have to do that if you decide you go second you just put them in reserve or whatever so for the analogy that i think of when especially when i'm thinking about like the iron hands yeah it feels kind of like if the orc codex which we agree is a good codex yep so I play Death Skulls. Yep. I should take lots of Ludas. Yeah. 
I've already got the benefit with the Ludas, where they can re-roll some damage, they could re-roll yep. the one hit roll, they yep. get the six-up invul save. Yep. Um, it kind of feels like, if there's also a further rule in there where it's like, also, if you take Ludas, they get plus they get plus one to the number of shots they get per turn. Or something, yeah. Or, or plus one damage, or plus yep. one something like that. I agree. Is what it really feels like with the new Space Spring Codexes. Because they're really all about, hey, that shit that you're already taking anyways to stay in theme... Yeah. We're gonna take. We already took it to ten or eleven, but we're gonna give it that little bit extra go to like a thirteen or fourteen in some cases. Yeah. So in some ways, this is like repeating the sins of some of the old tier lists from Privateer. Yeah. Where it's the shit you're gonna take anyway. It's like now even better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is an extent, uh, especially with Iron Hands. I'll give you that. If you're gonna take Repulsors, this is just now better Repulsors, right? Yeah. Like I will give you that for sure, and that's why I think that the Iron Hands are. Actually, honestly, one of the lists that I would, if somebody's getting into competitive 40k, I'd probably um, advocate that they take Iron Hands now. It's probably the most forgiving army out there. Yeah, it's probably honestly. the most po- like point and click. Point and click, point sufficient, not a lot of models to paint, uh, and makes it's just easy black, to white, and silver is not easy to paint. Terrible to paint. A little yeah. bit of white trim can be a pain in the ass. Sure, but, but not that's a lot. Fine. That's okay. Not a lot of it. Um, I'd I'd advocate that's one of the simpler lists. But then you also have the ability within Iron Hands to do some some, like you can take Iron Hands and you can do different weird vehicle. Like the Impulsors are a thing that you might want to do with Iron Hands. Like Impulsor spam with regular, um, what's it called? Uh, just Primaris. Like that's an interesting list with them with the six up feel no pain. Just really hard to shift units. Uh, especially backed up by, like, character dreads. Like, very Iron Hands-feeling list. That the said uh, Primaris can jump in front of. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, really fluffy lists that actually are, are competitive. What it actually feels like to me is, yes, there it does reward spam in certain cases, but I don't think it does with, like, White Scars or Raven Guard or Ultramarines. Um, what it feels like is, like, a 3.5 Chaos Codex. Take your army... And customize it to make it your own. Like, you have the ability to give war gear that drastically changes the way the army plays based on your personal preferences, which is fucking awesome. Like, that's so good for the game. I think that's the benefit here. Like, if the rest of the codexes that they start redoing, if that is what the if that is what happens with the rumor, I think that's incredible for the game. So you think, like, they'll release, like, let's say, for an example, <clears throat> Codex Chaos, and then they'll have... The uh, supplements of Thousand Suns, Death Guard. I hope so. So on and so forth. I mean, they've well, hopefully not just Thousand Suns and Death Guard, because fuck that. Well, 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 no, no. In all honesty, just, just my real example, hope right? so. is that they do this With for Emperor's Children, for Iron Warriors, for Night Lords, because maybe I'm, give us a new half, Berserker like, kit half, since 1999. World leaders, half a dozen. Because at the end of the day, coming. we've already got Death Guard. We've already got Thousand Suns. Uh, that's they why have I their mean, own fucking books already, Ward. You get enough toys! But what, what I'm saying is that the, their own books would like go away I and they'd be a supplement bitter. book to the, to the core Chaos book. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, no, well, because like, the Blood Angels are still their own. Um, the Dark cur- Angels, Dark Angels are still Space Wolves. They're still their own. Yeah, currently and everything. So. Well, maybe, yeah, it's maybe. the vanilla chapters that really got the... The it's it's the up. ones that haven't been getting love for a long time. Codex Orcs, and then supplements of Speed Freaks, of Bad Moons, of so on and so forth. Because Speed Freaks are totally a clan. <laughs> yeah, get... Hey, get your head hey, back off! No, no. They're evil sons. It's Thank you. Me. Steve gets it. God, you guys need to read some so 40k. I think, so I think the moral of the story is buy a bigger bookshelf. 
Yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet zombie Jesus. Yeah. But because again, so but I think this is totally what's going to happen. Like, look at what they've teased with the Howling Banshees, right? Sergeants, the XR Codex Howling Banshees. No, the, the well, hear me out. You can take special issue war gear for your sergeants, right? Exarchs have their own uh, Exarch trait table now where you get to pick one of six and a stratagem to give them the initial base one that they came with plus an extra one. So if you want to make your Howling Banshee temple fucking awesome, you can go do that. So I think that's what they're doing. Like People like customizing their warlords and they like customizing each unit. Like This is my unit of Howling Banshees. This is their backstory. Like Bringing a little bit more of the RPG flavor back into it, but also allowing the tournament players to have more flexibility is, is great. Absolutely great. I honestly, I would fucking love it if this. The, my favorite part of this approach is the you get these turbo rules if you don't soup. So yes. no longer yes. having your yes. Ludas that are Death Skulls with your boys that are Evil Sons with your vehicles that are Bad Moons or whatever the fuck you're doing. Like you know what you can do, but you can make <clears throat> things that sound wildly OP when you don't when you're balancing within one codex versus soup within right? one codex within one subset of a codex like honestly cases. with harlequins if you said if you take pure harlequins every harlequin unit can fight twice fine that sounds wildly crazy but they don't have a lot of shooting so and they're still fucking harlequins maybe that makes they're only strength three if they don't take crazy weapons only tough is three there's not a lot of them like you can do stuff where you're just like holy shit this is crazy like with iron hands wait you mean I just get reroll ones for everything in my entire army like, if you just said that and could soup that into something, that would be way too much. But because you're stuck with just Marines, and I, like air quotes for those people that are listening, because just Marines right now is more than enough. But before, you to get like a super competitive list, you would have to ally in stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, knights right now, you to make them work, you have to have a battalion of something. Maybe if you take pure knights, there's nothing else in your list, you get seven or eight command points. Like, just for free. Like, maybe that's something that that to make the Loyal 32 not an auto include. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with that, which is super promising. You want to know something that's really funny? Hmm. That's Mark III War Machine. Oh, really? Yeah, the way they did theme lists, where you take things that are non soupy, yeah. very specific themes. You have more options within them than you used to with the old theme lists. Yeah. Where it, was, it used to be based on a warlock or a warcaster, now it's based on trenchers or dwarves or whatever else. Yeah. And they've made it to where if you want to play competitively, you almost can't play outside of theme lists. I don't have a problem with that, actually. Because if you want to take weird wild ass soup, you might find a combo that makes it worth it, but it's pretty fucking rare. Yeah, and that's totally fine by me. I actually think that's okay. Yeah, it's just too. it's just nice that War Machine now the um, the benefits for doing those tier lists isn't just you get a bunch of free models, so you're playing with just more points than the opponent. Which is kind of how it used to be in well, a lot of cases. Is. It still is. Let's be honest. Yeah, and that's. I don't like that. I don't like the idea of like. But it's a different scale of game. Like I just sure. want to. But it's in the context of playing themed, cohesive looking shit. Like Games Workshop already tried that, right? With Battle Companies, where all your upgrades are free. And then yeah, they fixed they it for. Little... They fixed it for AOS, where you you get a cool ability, but you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, <laughs> I really like the idea of. Um, you can soup, you can play whatever you want, and it's probably going to be good. Yep. Like, take the idea, the entirety is take what you want, think about it, make sure that it makes sense, and you have, you know, some sort of plan. Like, if you just take random shit that threw it, you threw at a wall that has no synergies, that might not do well. So, but still you, don't bring out your, th- your third ed armies. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
No, but honestly, Marine third ed armies are good right now. Librarian, Chaplain, Captain. Those are your HQs. That's all you need. You're going to take two units of scouts, a unit of Primaris. Tactical Marines still don't make any damn sense, unfortunately, which is... <laughs> well, that's kind of the, yeah. the kicker here. That is the kicker. Turns but... out they were an integral part of a third edition Space Marine army. <laughs> it was a fucking Space Marine. But hear me out. If you replace the Tactical Marine with Primaris Marine, that's a good list right now. Yeah. Like, that's not a problem. Again, ignoring the old Marines that I have a lot of. And Dan does too. Yep. <laughs> We're both sad over here a little bit. A little bit. I'm looking at my Salamanders, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I have a Storm Talon, and I have five Thunderhammer Terminators. Yeah, because the Rhinos are basically moot now, too. Rhinos are totally moot. Because well, Rhinos don't give me a 4-plus invul. Nope. I, honestly, those Impulsors with the 4-plus invul, take them with just the guns. Holy shit. Yeah, they actually have, like, more DACA than a Razorback. Every yeah. Day. They're they not out yet, are they? No, they yeah. aren't out yet. They For whatever fucking reason, they still haven't released those models. I don't know. Which is kind of weird. It's been yeah. a while. I don't <laughs> mind even, because to me, they could take a six-man plasma team, and that would be kind of effective, too. You'd be able to move Just, them. Uh, you, you don't kind say. Kind of effective? <laughs> but, you but, don't yeah. say. <laughs> kind of effective? Okay, sorry. I'll Null fine. zone librarian plus plasma team. Yeah. Plus assault doctrine. Or tactical, tactical uh, doctrine. Well, it depends. It depends on which plasma yeah, gun you sure. give them, because they can have a heavy in assault or a tactical or a pistol. <laughs> depending on depending on which version of the doctrine. Shit, iron hands right. plasma dudes in an impulsor with minus one AP, ignoring penalties to moving and firing, and Besides, rerolling the ones if you want to overcharge. Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. It's spicy. Yeah, iron hands are good, <laughs> and especially really rerolling ones on plasma is not They're a really, bad thing. Really no. good. I mean, the, the even the heavy ones only damage two, right? When you overcharge, I think it's only damage two. I think strength possibly. nine. I can't remember the damage statistic, but yeah, yeah it's, it's not, mostly the strength and range that go up. Yeah, so damage which are not okay. bad things. No, damage two is no right. That's fine. And this was what AP minus three. Uh, AP minus four, I think, when they're overcharged. Ooh. I think they're quite high. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if yeah. they're in doctrine, then they'll get another minus one. AP minus five. Jesus. It's, four, yeah, it's either AP minus three or four, so somewhere around four or five. Yeah, for sure. That's wild. Yeah, basically, you can you can pretty much pick whatever you want. and Except tactical marines. No, even tactical <laughs> marines. I mean, they're cheap. They're, they're honestly pretty cheap. I guess. But there's, scouts are better. Scouts are kind of better. That, the, so there's something to be said for... Like, I was thinking about this because I was trying to figure out how to make my tactical marines work. Transhuman physiology with them in cover. That is an annoyingly hard unit to shift for not a lot of points. Like, that's an awful unit to try Especially the Raven Guard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the Raven Guard in cover, like, you're paying, like, 150 points for the unit with a couple special weapons in there. Unless you play Imperial Fists. Yeah, and Imperial Fists and the Bolters wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, like, you can make an argument for tactical ranges because they're pretty darn cheap. I really want to see someone go to, like, a big con with, like, a battle company and wreck face. If I was a faster painter, I'd take all culture. <laughs> You've had 15 years. I know, I've had 15 years, that's why. This is interesting, I'm now I'm thinking about this, I'm kind of trying to figure out how I can make a bunch of tactical marines work. But, like, I think the trick would be to have to be an assload of tactical marines. Like, not a little bit, like an ass load of tactical Like a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> when I say a company, I mean a company. <laughs> well, that's only 60. 
plus support. Well, it yeah. depends on your if you're a battle company or a tactical company or a reserve company or well, whatever. Well, if, if you're a battle company, you'd have six squads of tactical marines. And yeah, and then 20 two, assault and 20 dev. Yeah. Which could be actually decent. Could you fit that in 2K? Probably. Like, the 60 tactical marines is going to be under 1,000 points. Yeah, it'll be like 900 to maybe 1,000 points. Jeez. <laughs> they cheap. And then... So you're basically looking at... 500 points for the Assault Marines and 500 points Assault for Marines the, aren't expensive have, either. And if you just have like a dev team with rockets, a dev team with heavy bolters. A dev team with grav. You could probably also get them in pods, the Devastators. Plus your characters. I think you could probably do a battle company in 2000 without too much effort. That's fucking cool. You and just don't get free motor pool like you used to way back in the day. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't which is fine. But that plus and a Thunderfire Cannon. Because that's the other one we completely talk, didn't talk about. Thunderfire Cannons. Yeah, they're crazy good. You have a strat now to double shoot them, and you can tremor shell something that stops them half move, half advance, half charge. Or half move, no advance, half charge. So you just, or chords coming towards you, just like, you don't go anywhere. You move 2.5. Which is pretty fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, an orc army moving towards you at two and a half inches is not particularly scary. And you can do that with two or units. Gene stealers? Gene stealers can't advance. They'll crack in gene stealers. You're just like, no. You don't get to do your double move, double advance thing. Yeah, it turns out that taking things that are good and then letting them attack twice is a good way to make them better. <laughs> and you can tremor shell two things, like, per turn. So you literally, even if people were spamming, like, the two units of gene stealers, both. Just not a thing. Boom. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, I can see an all infantry, uh, old school marine army actually being okay. Maybe we should make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just pool all of our tactical marines and make one army. <laughs> I bet you it would be better than we expect. And still better than doing the same with chaos. <laughs> well, right now. <laughs> right now, for sure. <laughs> but again, wait, let's wait and see. Yeah. Dude, if I finally... But the one thing that will get me to paint marine chassis again is if they actually give me an Iron Warriors Codex. Sure. That would do it. I like how you refer to just basic bodies as chassis. chassis. <laughs> you are an Iron Warriors player. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think there's hope for it, right? Like, what they're talking about with the Eldar stuff sounds a lot like Codex Tan back in the day, right? Like, Codex Craftworld was a thing. As long as that fucking uh, ranger oh the ranger disruption table better come back <laughs> no that would be the best that would be the best just roll a bunch of sixes before the game and you're just like well I win <laughs> do you want to pack up your models Good game. yeah just to be able to take your opponent's units off the table yeah. it's just a giant fuck you <laughs> yeah I absolutely love that just, oh hey did you want to be in reserve I don't care you are <laughs> that's where you are now enjoy yeah can you imagine doing like, hey Castellan go, go into reserve please that iron hands army where you have like a couple repulsors like you roll two sixes and you're just like hey go away, <laughs> go away. see you next turn yeah anywho uh, play marines if you're not playing marines you should and if you if you're not playing marines find friends who do because you need to start playing against marines because it's legit for our team tournament I was thinking about, like, we need a marine player. No, you said it wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, my Technically, game. you want more 40k experience before you want to go to tournaments, and that's the last thing I heard from you, and yeah, you haven't played 40k since. Try to be making him feel bad. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I made him feel Speaking bad earlier. Which, do, you, do you want to lend an army out? Oh, I see how this is. 
Really I just need you to paint up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can you just paint up a couple more aggressors? Six isn't enough. Well, if I'm playing Ultramarines, I might want 18. Eight, Jesus <laughs> Hey, Steve, let's not spam. Just 12. 12 is fine. 12 is fine. 12 is fine. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, you should do that. That's all I got. And frankly, Ward might not have painted Army by then either. He yeah. might have some tiny planes. We might need to sub you out for Ward. Oh. Just saying. Well, now I'm part of the 40k competitive league, so I'll still get games in some way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta. Oh, is that why you're building the models now? Because you gotta get the army before you put together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guy messaged me. Hey, when can you play? I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yes. Uh, yes. Soon. I have to build my army first. Soon. <laughs> well, I got a story about the competitive league for everybody else. Tom knows the story afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, did you see my post? No. Oh. I did not. I posted. I'm like, uh, I'm a better looking but less uh, better looking but uh, less competitive player than Matt Posey. So, that's two wins for you already. <laughs> wow, just under the bus. Yeah, thrown. it was it was well received by the the group, so including Matt. <laughs> nice. Okay, should we wrap this up? Sure, why not? Um, we were gonna talk about something else, but I think that's good enough. We had. The, the fake-out period turned into, like... An actual period. A, a kind of, like, a mini-period. Yeah. So, uh, we'll save what could now be overtime for next week. That sounds good. So, until next time, this has been another episode of Operating Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. I'm Steve. And I'm still Dan. And play some games, paint your fucking models, and have some fun.